In this devotional, I'm going to share with you three thoughts from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 11 through 18, where I'll ask the question, how is wisdom better than folly? Ecclesiastes 9, verses 11 through 18 says, Again I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor the bread to the wise, nor the riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare, so the children of man are snared at an evil time, when it suddenly falls upon them. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me, that there was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of the wise, heard in quiet, are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Wisdom is better than folly, and I probably don't need to convince you of that. That's sort of obvious. We just assume that this is true, that wisdom is better than folly. But when Solomon is talking, he's talking about wisdom in a very specific light. When he talks about wisdom, he's talking about the wisdom that comes from God, not necessarily the wisdom from man. In fact, the wisdom of man, in Solomon's eyes, is folly. It's something that is not ultimately of value. But it's the wisdom of God that is of great value to any who can possess it. So here are three thoughts from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 11 through 18, answering the question, how is wisdom better than folly? Thought number one, limitations. Let's start the conversation by saying that there are limitations to wisdom. And this is something that we all need to accept, that the Lord, while even granting Solomon divine wisdom, he still messed up. He still made mistakes. He still wasn't as adept or godly as he should have been in all the different situations he found himself in. After all, doesn't he end up getting hamstrung by all of his many wives and prompted to participate in on idolatry? He sure was. So we recognize that there are limitations to wisdom. And Solomon says this in the first paragraph there, where he says, the race isn't always to the quick. The battle doesn't always go to the strong. And this tells us that there are more things at play than just our own abilities in any given situation. So we have to recognize when we're talking about wisdom and folly, we have to recognize that our wisdom has limitations, that we are never going to be as wise as we would like. We're never going to have the amount of intelligence that we would want to have because we are limited in our nature. We'll never be able to know all the things that we would like to know. We will never have sufficient intelligence to satisfy our desire to learn. We'll never have sufficient power to satisfy our desire to grow in strength. We're just limited as human beings. And because of that, we get caught up in the net. Because of that, we don't know when our time is up. And we need to recognize that limitations exist for us. Thought number two, saves lives. Wisdom saves lives. And this is illustrated in... Solomon's story about the poor wise man in the village. What's going on? The great king is coming. He's got these great siege engines that he's going to use to destroy the city. And somehow the poor wise man is able to devise some scheme 
for the city to survive. But what happens? What happens is that all the people forget that the poor wise man had actually helped them. So even though he is wise and able to use his wisdom to do this great thing, save lives, the people don't even remember him. The people don't remember that it was his idea or his concept that ultimately saved them from the inherent destruction of the attacking king. And this is something that we need to be aware of, that wisdom will save lives, but we need to accept wisdom when it comes to us, regardless of the source. So if we are receiving godly wisdom, but it's coming from somebody who might be, I don't know, lower on the socioeconomic level than we would want to take advice from, we need to be humble and accept that wisdom so that way the lives can be saved. Thought number three, does good. Wisdom ultimately does good, where folly ultimately results in evil. So wisdom does that which builds up. Wisdom does that which encourages, which spurs on, which lifts people out of the mire and lifts them up to a place where they might not have been before. What does folly do? Folly is destructive. Folly takes people and it presses them down. It destroys them. It results in the loss of life, the loss of property, the loss of hope. So wisdom is better than folly because wisdom results in good being done. And we, as the people of God, are attempting to do good in everything that we do because we know that as we do good, God is glorified. He's honored. And people are able to see our good works and give glory to God because of them. So wisdom is better than folly because it results in people doing good, in lives being saved, and it recognizes the inherent limitations that we have in this life. These three thoughts come from the assigned reading of Ecclesiastes chapters 9 and 10. If you'd like to read through the Bible with me, you can do so by subscribing to this channel, by clicking on the link in the description, or by joining the Facebook group Through the Bible, where we are reading the text of Scripture together.